The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you. On leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever. They immediately told him about her. He approached, grasped her hand, and helped her up. Then the fever left her, and she waited on them. When it was evening, after sunset, they brought to him all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered at the door. He cured many who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out many demons, not permitting them to speak because they knew him. Rising very early before dawn, he left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. Simon and those who were with him pursued him, and on finding him said, Everyone is looking for you. He told them, Let us go on to the nearby villages, that I may preach there also. For this purpose have I come. So he went into their synagogues, preaching and driving out demons throughout the whole of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. I don't know how many of you are tracking the course of, of the narrative here in Mark's gospel, but you know we're um, coming to the end here in this passage of the, uh, the first chapter, and it's like, everything's already happened. You know, it's like, what? Um, it's, it's, a, it's a breathless journey through, uh, through the life of Jesus. And, uh, and here we have, you know, even say three little sections um, here, it just quick hit after quick hit in, in the gospel of Mark. And um, yeah, it's all, it's all, again, it's all happening very quickly. Um, we can take it in, in stride as well and, uh, and see, of course, what, what God has in store for us, not only in the proclamation of, of the scriptures, but, uh, but their exposition as well. So yeah, I think the first place to land uh, in, the, in the passage is to see, okay, following on from that episode where Jesus has driven out a demon in, in the synagogue, he then finds himself uh, at, the, at the house of Simon and Andrew, with Simon's mother-in-law uh, there laying sick with a fever. Now, this already yeah, is, um, uh, again, hap- it's unfolding very quickly, and we see this word come right, come right after that. Immediately, they immediately told him about her. And in the Gospel of Mark, and especially in its, say, opening chapters or the opening salvo of the Gospel of Mark, we're going to keep seeing that word immediately, 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 immediately. Right? And, and there are any number of things, I think, that are, that are ours to, to, to grasp by the use of that word. One is, of course, that Jesus is on the scene immediately. Okay, so God is on the move. Yes, Jesus is there immediately. So in this, he, not wasting any time. Okay, Jesus, Jesus is likely on the scene prior to people's understanding of why he's on the scene. Right, Jesus is, he's just there. He's moving from, from task to task, as it were. He's moving from proclamation of the kingdom to proclamation of the kingdom in, in word and then in deed, and he's always there immediately. I like to say also the sense of immediately as unmediated, right? Jesus is there raw, right? He, Jesus is there in the flesh. Jesus is there as he is to encounter the people of that place and that time as they are, and then to do what, what he does in order to uh, enliven them to God and his purposes, right? In order to, to get them going, uh, re-enliven them so that they can, they can be about the work of God in the world. He, this is what he's doing. This is what he's on the scene for. And you see, even in just those first couple of lines where we're talking about Simon's mother-in-law, 
They immediately told him about her. Okay, he, and then look, they, he unbidden, right? He doesn't have, he has no interaction with the woman at all. He approached, grasped her hand, and helped her up. He approached, grasped her hand, and helped her. There's no, there's no other communication here. They tell him about her. He goes, he approaches her, he grabs her hand, and he helps her up. Then the fever left her, and she waited on them. Okay, this, I think this is a horrible translation, okay? But the, the idea of waiting on someone, um, right? It's like, we're going we're gonna to think back to the last time that we were at a restaurant, and someone waited on us, and we're like... What is this? It's kind of this kind of posture of subservience and, and the rest. And this is not what's going on at all. The, uh, the word in the Greek, which we have, we have brought up and used for our own purposes as well, is uh, uh, diakonia. I can't even say, I can't get the accent right. Okay. Diakonia. Diakonia. Okay. And uh, we use that word for diaconate, deacons. And, and the idea is uh, actually has much more gravitas than just this. Okay, she waited on them. Like she, they, we wait on each other. Some of it. The idea is that uh, it, the, the translation that we get in a, in a number of different texts, and the pro, probably more direct translation of the Greek is, um, she ministered to them, or she ministered unto them. Okay, and what what is this ministry? Yeah, she ministered to. Can you imagine? Right. So, so Jesus has just performed this this mighty work. He's approached, grabbed her hand, raised her up. Now she is ministering to them. So she's ministering even to Jesus. Right? The, the idea really, if you want to kind of step into the theological realm, is that, that that same healing power that has come to her to, to, uh, to alleviate her, her pain, discomfort, whatever, to, to, uh, to rid her from this sickness and to allow her the, the freedom to, to walk about, to, to use her body freely, right? all, the, all the rest, this, this same power that is at work in her for healing now works through her for the ministry to others. So it's not so simple as saying, okay, well, yeah, heal her, she gets up, you know, do the thing, you know, bring us uh, tea or something, you know, I don't know, whatever it, whatever it is, right? Bring us some snacks or something, you know. That's not, what, that's not what it is. She's ministering to them. She's channeling the life of God for them. Yeah, this, this, in fact, right here, right, could be, it could be the, the entirety of the gospel, just in those few lines. We can meditate on those few lines, I think, the rest of our life profitably and, uh, and see what it is, you know, how, how God chooses to interact with us, how Jesus is coming to us, right, immediately on the scene, in an unmediated way. He's on the scene. He's with us. He's with us in our sickness, in our infirmity. He's there to give us healing and life and strength and hope and the rest. And then he's calling us into his own mission so that we can keep, it, keep that wave going, as it were. Okay. Sorry, that's the first of, of three little chunks here. In a, you know, we'll see how far we get. Okay. When it was evening after sunset, they brought to him all who were ill or possessed by demons, okay? And you say, okay, well, how many people was that? We don't really know. But then we see the whole town was gathered at the door, you know, like there's a lot of demon-possessed people in that town, you know. I don't know what, I don't know what that is, but no, they, every, look, everybody, everybody in the town, right, we all need healing. We all need healing, yeah? So we're, we're all sick in some manner, you know, we're, we're all, I don't say we're demon-possessed, you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't quite go that far, you know, but we're, we're perhaps a little off track here or there, the other place. We're not, we are not like the finished picture of Simon's mother-in-law, right? We're not, we're not yet healed and restored to the praise and service of God, and we need constant effort. We need, we need the constant healing work of Almighty God to have us praise God with full heart, and to pour ourselves out in his service. Yeah, so we, we likewise gather at the door. Now here, in the, the close of that 
second of three little clips, right? He drove out many demons. So he renewed people, yeah? We see demons, unclean spirits, and the rest, this disfiguring force that is over us to prevent us from giving God what is his due, his rightful praise and full-hearted service. He drives out those demons, and then what? Not permitting them to speak because they knew him. Not permitting them to speak. They have something to say, actually, right? They have, quote-unquote, testimony to bear. They know who Jesus is. Right? We're seeing this already, a repeating theme in, in the early chapter of, of, in the first chapter of Mark's gospel. Not permitting them to speak. They know him. They have something to say. They have testimony to bear. He does not receive it, right? He, he in fact, tells them not, right? He, he quiets them because this is not the testimony that God is looking for. He's not looking for, say, the simple proclamation of propositional truths. Okay, we, look, we, we live on propositional truths, right? They shape, our, they shape our hearts, our lives. They shape our prayer. We get, we, in a minute, we're going to get to pray the creed, right? I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, okay? But we could, we could recite every propositional truth of, of the creed, of that most serious set of truths, and still not be giving God the testimony that he desires, the testimony that he desires is lives fully alive, right? Humans fully alive, giving praise to him, right? So, in fact, per perhaps a, a better expression of the testimony that we are to give God. Yes, of course, the propositional truths of the creed, but also like the, this, the song well sung of the Gloria, right? Where we're giving praise to God and our whole, and our whole celebration here where we, where we give our hearts over to God in thankful praise through and with and in Jesus and then go and pour ourselves out in his service because we've been, we've been freed by that saving action. We've been restored and given healing, healing and hope by that saving action, okay? It's not, the it's not the testimony of simple assent to truth. You know, Pope Benedict said, reminding of this this morning, Pope Benedict said, you know, the most revolutionary thing we can say is, I believe in one God. Yeah, I believe in one God. And what I'd say is, we have to offer that testimony with our lives. Do we believe in the true and living God? Or do we have other kind of counterfeit gods swirling around that we sometimes pay homage to and serve? Want to believe in the true and living God? God is, God is an eternal exchange of glorifying love. Everything that is, exists, exists because he loves it into life, including you. Right? Are we living by that truth? Are we believing in one God? Yes, yeah, so we have, but we have to live into it by faith and hope and charity. Okay, and which are all, which are all gift, right? the, 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 um, the theological virtues, faith, hope, and love, are given to us as gift immediately un, in an unmediated way by Jesus breathing his spirit into us in baptism and in, in our ongoing life going. Okay. okay, the third of three, okay? This is the key to it all, so I have to keep going. Okay, this is the key, this is the key to it all. I set up that excuse nicely for myself, okay? Yeah, this is... The third and most important part of the, of the passage, okay. Rising very early before dawn, right, just like Father Daniel, okay. <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, look, we got that clip from Job. That guy was rising very early before dawn, you know, thinking about when he was going to have to get up. We've all been there, okay. I love Job. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I totally get that. But the sun is out, so I'm going to skip the exposition of that passage. <laughs> Leave Job for another day. Rising very early before dawn, Jesus, he left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed, where he prayed, yeah? This is the key to the whole thing. Jesus, right? The, the, 
the living embodiment, the second, you know, the second person of, of the Blessed Trinity, he goes off to check in with God. Yeah, he goes off to align with God. He goes off to draw life again from heaven, right? Draw life again from God. Yeah, so he's, he's in that intimate exchange. Jesus, right, the Son and the Father, he's calling us to participate in that exchange. Right? When the Spirit of Jesus is breathed into us, when we become sons in the Son, we are made to commune with the Father. We're made to be caught up in that ecstatic relationship of love. We're going to go beyond ourselves to give God thankful praise, the, the thankful praise of our entire heart, our entire life. Let me just say one, one word about, the, about this, yeah? I know, I know. It's a, it's a rhetorical trick to get you to pay attention, okay? So let me just say, let me just say one word about this. Depth. One, okay, just two words, sorry. Depth and sincerity, okay? So I know, like, we're living quick. I'm preaching quick. I feel the constraints of time all the, all the time. I'm, I'm preaching quick. I'm living quick. And sometimes I feel like that stone, like, skipped along the water. You got to throw that thing fast in order to stay up, right? And I'm running fast and hard, right? So with you, okay? I'm, and I'm being exhausted in the process, right? So I'm with you. I'm with you, okay? I'm living your life with you, Okay? We don't, want, we don't want to skip along the surface. Now, I don't think we want to sink like the stone, you know what I mean? But we have to, we have to stop. We have to slow down. Okay, so we have, to, we have to pray. We want depth. We want depth in our prayer. The only way for us to get depth is to disconnect a little bit from the, from the sound and the speed of, of regular everyday life, just like Jesus, you know? Already, he's living a fast life in the Gospel of Mark, right? But... But he goes off to a deserted place. He left. He went off to a deserted place. He left. And he spent his time in prayer. Right? The depth. The grace of God has to penetrate every fiber of our being. How does that happen when we're just skipping along the surface? It's not going to happen. And then we're not going to be sustained. We're not going to have the strength that we need to keep going. Right? So depth and sincerity. Just give, give yourself to God as you are. Okay, the rest, the rest will come. Right? We just have to go before God and say, here I am. Here I am. I need you and I've come to you. Do, do, do with me what you will. Do you know, like, do with me what you will. I'm here. You know, I'm here. And, uh, and if we are there, then we'll find, well, we'll find our here back in that first kind of uh, pattern setting part of the passage where we'll find ourselves healed, strengthened, given hope and life so that we can become agents of his hope and his healing and his life and his love to everyone that we encounter.